are tuned in to the Way of Healing podcast, where we inspire humans to connect more deeply to their experience of life. My name is OJ. My name is Casey. We are connecting with practitioners to talk about the potential of the innate healing powers within. Welcome back to another episode on the Way of Healing. Linda Atkinson Sales. I'm really excited for uh, this episode here. I had a had the honor of having a session with Linda and it changed my life. Certified life coach, executive coach, meditation teacher. She's trained with uh, Carolyn Mays. If you don't know who she is, go look her up. She's absolutely out of this world. And she has a practice. She calls herself the practice metaphysician healing. Hi, Linda. Good to see you. Nice Uh, to see you again. I met Linda, or I was introduced to Linda through a mutual client, a friend of mine, Elizabeth. And this client I work with was just like, you have to meet this woman. She's amazing. She's helped me through so much. And months and months and months I've heard about Linda. And we finally got to connect. I think there was a bout of laryngitis. Laryngitis. What's funny is Casey had something very similar. Oh, you saw Linda for laryngitis? No, no, no. I had it. The healer had laryngitis. Yeah, she rescheduled with us. because. Yeah, I have a new voice now, so. Casey as well. I was gone. Throat chakra. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was, that was a strong spiritual message. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to say anything. (laughs) (laughs) The next 50 minutes will just be radio silence. So now they're both oh, uh, here and they have <laughs> their new voices. And, uh, la, we're la, good la, to la. Go. <laughs> I didn't really get my singing voice that I wanted, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Ah, Casey to used to be a singer. Oh, yeah. I'm coming back Casey into has that. a beautiful voice. I know. Yeah. yeah. She sounds like a radio host. What? Yeah. Whoa. Wait, I am a radio host. Oh, wait, that's so interesting. Oh, my God. <laughs> All of that work See, I I'm just so did. intuitive. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right, so let's, uh, let's dive in. This is going to go. It's going to go everywhere. where it's going to go. It's going to go everywhere. It's going to be. It's already going. Yeah, it is. It is everywhere. Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you, OJ. I, I, you do. I don't even know how to describe what you do. Can you describe just I, a little bit? I cannot describe that. <laughs> oh, beautiful. there's questions? Oh, okay. Yeah. I have to answer questions here? Mm. <laughs> wow. Well, let me see. If someone's on, say, a spiritual path and then is kind of the being drawn to the healing work, then we do our own deep healing work ourselves. And then the deeper we do that, and the more we clear and clear and really go to, to the dark places, the fears, the shadow, and we just keep going and we become clear, then I think at some point it feels like now's the time. And, you know, I'm 55, so it took a really long time, long journey to it. But it felt right to then just open. I was then seeing things, right, and feeling things and... um it felt open to, because I was drawn to end suffering. I, I see a soul suffering and I'm, you know, that's my, it comes from my heart and my soul for that. So you go through the journey yourself, you do your healing work, then you open. And at some point it seems that you're just who you are in the presence of someone. And I like to do mostly, you know, one-on-one work in the presence of someone who's coming to you open on their end for their own facilitation so their facilitation of self-healing and then I can just be me facilitating 
and showing them how to heal themselves, which is the most beautiful expression of my soul. Mm. I think that's the best way. So I show up as me, being me, doing me, and expressing what the soul, and it does really feel like what my soul came here to do. And so just a, it's a facilitation, though. I don't give anything to anyone. I just guide them to where they may have blind spots, unconscious spots, or just, you know, patterning that they haven't seen before. Why can I do that? Just because I've done my own healing work. So someone can heal as deep as they've healed themselves. Mm -hmm. So is that a good way to say it? I don't know. I mean, we're looking at each other because thematically this is what comes up in almost every session over it's over. yeah it just uh, if you haven't listened to rika gaspari's we were just i have not no. the same words are unfolding uh, it's just beautiful and momentary and it's yes coming back to that that yeah. the depth of the work mm -hmm. starts with the self right yeah absolutely so how did you get into healing work exactly i know you're you're a business executive and you're in yeah i went that whole i'll say root because i'm canadian not root yeah. yeah. Route's way more Canadian. Oh, it is? Yeah. Root. Oh, you, you, root. Yeah. You, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's your American oh, side. Uh -huh. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, root. okay. Oh, okay. I'll, I don't know. <laughs> Just don't say Z, okay? Oh, that's true. <laughs> Just don't I'll, I'm going to sing the alphabet shortly. You guys are going to really get it. <laughs> um, okay. Let's see. Wait, ask me the question again, though. How did you find your way into facilitating healing? Okay. Good question. I like the way you said that, too. I would say I've always been seeking. I was a little kid who wanted to know who I am. I'd ask everyone, you know, look, stare in the mirror. And I'd be like, who am I? Who am I? I'd be looking into my eyes. And my mom would walk by and go, you're so vain. Stop staring in the mirror at yourself. And I'm like, but mom, like, who am I? Like, why are we here? I used to, like, have a, these koans that I'd do for myself, right? So I'd sit in the space between the mind thinking, right? Which is, and I'd say things like, where would I be if I wasn't here right now? Whoa, and I just sit there very young, like starting at um, like five years old. Whoa. And I'd sit there and go, Ooh. and then I get this totally freaky feeling, right? Like, where would I be if I wasn't here right now? Because my mind couldn't answer it. Of course, now I know that that's that space that we'll talk about too. Mm. And then I fast forward high school, wrote on the board, you know, life's a joke and it's on us. And then I got in trouble for that, <laughs> sure. right, right down to the principal's office with that one. <laughs> and then in 1997, out of nowhere, and you don't hear about this that often, but I think Michael Beckwith uh, had a similar awakening, and it was spontaneous awakening. I was on a plane, and I was just flying by myself, Toronto to Vancouver, I believe, and I was just really relaxed, and I was staring out the window. I used to just contemplate a lot and get lost in clouds and have that feeling. You still love, always have a window seat. And I was just resting, and all of a sudden, I, didn't, I can't even explain it, so words will start to be difficult right now. All of a sudden, I was not in the plane, be a way to say it. I was one with absolutely everything. I felt a level of unconditional love. I couldn't believe. I, was, I didn't know at the time I was crying, but I was overwhelmed with vibration. I was connected to everything, but I was still kind of myself, but there was no body. There was no time, just a full feeling of, it wasn't even, it, it, I would say it as an experience of oneness. And then somehow I came back in my body, I felt it. I was like, oh, I'm 
just happened really good. And uh, tears coming down my cheek, and I look at the stranger sitting next to me. He probably thinks I'm crazy, but, you know, he's just reading his book. What just happened? And it was so undeniable. It was so unbelievable. It was so what I'd been searching for. Right. So I'd always had a sense of something like that. And I remember when I landed and I think we went up skiing in Whistler and I, for some reason, we ended up, you know, how these things happen like this. And we we're on this one floor that has a library. And I look over at the library of books and I'm like, this is weird. I get a coffee and I look over and there's this book just just beaming at me like a bright light. Right. And I go, what the heck? I should go check that out. Right. And I'm still flying really I haven't really feel like I've landed in in my body yet really I'm very very full feeling and I'm trying to explain it to you know my husband at the time and he's not understanding it and but this book is there and I'm like oh go take a look and it was a Celestine prophecy Mm. and I was like oh and then that started and it was just I was unstoppable after that I did a master's in spiritual psychology I trained with us, you know, spiritual teachers. I learned hands-on healing, meditation. It just kept going and I was insatiable. It was amazing. So I was just deep on the deep on the journey and blessed to have many, you know, great teachers and students and friends around at that time too, like-minded. So I think that's how it really started. Yeah. And then it all led to my healing. And then in my healing, it led to being now available. And I really did wait a long time because I feel it's very sacred work. And I did want to crystallize in it as well. Some healers crystallize and and they should, you know, I just think you have to be very, very evolved to do it and very sacred with it. So I waited quite a while to do it. And I'm I'm really glad I did. But I also at one point had um, endometriosis. And during that, I was in tons and tons of pain. But I remember I woke up one morning And then again, we're back to that space between where the mind thinks, right? Between stimulus and response, there's a space similar with thinks and thinking. Or when we're meditating, we can find space. And really the truth of us is that space as well. So I remember waking up and I was in really, really bad uh, pain for chronic, terrible pain, barely able to walk. I was filled with endometriosis. I woke up one morning and in a split second, I didn't have any pain, and then I had a thought, and then I had pain, and I went, what? And then I would go through the, try to get that back during the day, try to not have a thought, try to follow back to the original I thought. So I was doing all this self-inquiry just to get out of pain. Wake up the next morning, and every once in a while, have it again. And I needed to find out what that was, and that started, you know, with more and more meditation, you can follow that original thought, which is the thought that I'm this body. So before that is the truth of who you are. Amazing. Mm-hmm. You talked about the Celestine Prophecy, and have you delved into the other books at all? Yeah. It's been a while, though, you know, and I'm probably like every other seeker who has the big bookshelf full mm-hmm. of absolutely every book, every book there ever was, <laughs> right? And when I met my now husband, who's extremely spiritual and a, and a coach as well, I go into his apartment and it's full of the same books, right? We're just like, wow. So, yeah, not, maybe not specifically, but that was the that was the first one that just sort of I just led to everything because it was like, I mean, I didn't know anyone who knew anything spiritual or I didn't have a single person I could talk to about what just happened why i what's this experience of oneness i had never heard of that at all because you didn't grow up around that no 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 was your family spiritual or religious at all um 
I think they would say they were Christian, but, you know, we're business people, entrepreneurs, engineers, right in Toronto, just, you know, in the thick of it. And it was, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I had no one to turn to. I think that becomes my motivation now to be there for somebody else who is seeking, right? Where I didn't have someone there for me and I had to fumble around quite a bit, which is also the gift. My fumbling, I can now you know, meet anyone where they're at because I fumbled through it all myself and I'm motivated to, there's faster and easier ways. Again, motivated by reducing suffering, which you can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason for the podcast. Oh. I say this a couple of times, but yeah. introducing those around me to something more in a easy, digestible manner. Yes. As we talk to people, different walks of life, different ethnicities, colors, rich, poor, and the spiritual seeking is the same. Like yes. no matter what kind of person you are, you're still looking for something more. And I think one of the beauties of this podcast is we offer that to people and it meets them where they are. They're going to find something that resonates with them exactly where they are. Absolutely. That's why I'm sitting right here. Yeah. This is beautiful what you're doing and how you guys are doing it. We're happy you're here. <laughs> Casey's still a... Uh, blissed out she is pretty blissed out mm -hmm. she, she doesn't need anything and she doesn't have to say anything see this is <laughs> we could all just sit here and just be be the bliss that we already are <laughs> but i don't know how that works on a podcast <laughs> yeah linda did a sample session with her uh, prior to starting the podcast we'll put that up um as like a bonus episode for you guys but she's still in that yeah and that that was more sort of say a spiritual coaching i kind of call it coaching i don't even know what to call anything anymore and just Try and figure it out. There are no names. There are no names. Um, but I would say what I'm doing currently that feels right, again, it's all evolving. It's all changing. And it's all infinite as well, right? The healing is infinite in some ways, in many ways, in our multidimensionality. But I've found that I tend to see people go through a phase of where they awaken to healing. So there will be people before that who, there's nothing wrong with me. What are you talking about? Like, you know, maybe you should go talk to someone <laughs> And that person's like, huh, there's not, you know, they're not awakened to healing. So then we awaken to, oh, why am I triggered by this? Why am I repeating this pattern? Why do these ailments keep coming back? Why does my left knee, even though I've had everything done to it, keep reoccurring, right? We are, why are my migraines so bad? Why did Linda have endometriosis? You know, what was that? So we go into healing, awakening to healing ourselves. And then from that, majority of what I do is remove blocks for people. So this is deep, emotional, energetic work. And blocks I would define as traumas. Sometimes they're very small traumas. You could have been two and someone said one thing to you and you just took that in for whatever reason. I'll find that in my healing work. We'll go back to that two-year-old and we'll sit on a park bench with her and we'll find out what she did with that, what that what that meant to her. And then how did she live worse yet? How did she live her life based on what she made that mean to her? So blocks are um, traumas, actual energetic blocks, right? So trapped emotions, let's see, patterns, limiting belief masses. So we are energetic beings. So I look at it as an energetic thing and we're just looking for why is the chi not moving well? Where is this block? And I will travel in with my clients to their in their body and we'll go in together and we'll sit with a block and we'll refeel it. We'll re-experience it very briefly. 
this is courageous work, but I'm amazed daily with how beautiful and courageous humans are. I see it all the time, and I'll say, have you ever done this work before? And they'll go, no. And I'll be amazed at what they will do and where they will go, and they will see things and feel things and know things, and it's just sacred, sacred work. So you go in and be with that feeling or be with that block and then let that unravel or I'll work with people who have been sexually abused, um, suicidal, anything will go back to the core. I just wanted to get learn to get to the core and pull that root out so that that root was never there again. Very, very, very motivated. So when we're in there, we'll just keep going till we've got like, do we have like, is all that root out? We'll feel it. We'll be with it. We'll stop our resisting. We'll stop our coping mechanisms coming in. And then we'll heal that younger part or whatever part that was or theme that we had going. We'll heal that. We'll be with that part. We'll love that part. Sounds corny. Sounds a little new agey, but it's actually extremely energetic. And afterwards, when that healing's complete, we integrate and the person will feel like fuller, right? They'll feel more aligned. It's basically soul retrieval work. That part had been abandoned and came back in energetically and was, mm-hmm. and was cleared too. And then we'll do an outer healing of the energetic body too so that that can heal and that there won't be a propensity to go back to any of that. So we complete it that way. And you just it's life transforming. You know, it's, it's amazing. But again, it's facilitation. The client does the work. And often we'll be there in a session deep in with you know, someone's little three-year-old and then I'll have, you know, the client talk to their three-year-old and, and reparent the three-year-old right there on the spot. And then you're, that inner three-year-old, so inner bonding work too, right? So that inner three-year-old will then be parented by the adult and they merge back together and the healing takes place by the client doing it with themselves. So it's really beautiful. Wow. Yeah. That makes me think of family constellation. Mm. Have you, yeah, have you mm-hmm. experienced that work or, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, yeah. And sometimes it's the client doing it or sometimes there's other people in the room when it's a group setting or sometimes it's little figurines. Or, yes, similar, so, yeah, yeah, similar. And for some reason I like to, it's held, the body knows, it's held in the body. We go in and then we're not afraid to go, I mean, we go right in there, right? And we be with however horrific, and I've heard everything, and I've been with everything. There are dark forces and things. I've fought off demons. I've done stuff like that. I've gone in with someone, and they've, you know, refelt like horrifically traumatic things. We're there for a minute to three minutes, and then transformation happens. Yeah. What's it like on your end? Do you see things? Do you feel things? Is it in your own body? That's a really good question. I don't really see very often. Um, I know a lot of healers and some of my healing friends can see very clearly. And I feel like there's a reason for that, which I, I'm not 100% sure, but I feel it all. So I can feel, as they're feeling their body, I feel so clairsentient. I feel what they're feeling and I'll go in. And so that's right on the left side of your heart. And right. And now what's that, what's that happening in your leg right now? Let's journey to that. What's, you know, so I can feel, I'm feeling their body at the same time, which is, makes it easier Mm -hmm. for the healing. I think that happens for the healing. I also, Claire audience, 
which, you know, the real question is who's talking to who? <laughs> we could get into that, right? Like, who am I hearing? I'm hearing myself, right? <laughs> right, right. right. So, you know, and we can say archangels and ascended masters and healers. Well, let's pull all that in and have that too. So, you know, that's a deeper spiritual question. Maybe we'll get into another time, but that's used as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, intuition is there just because we're in that space, the intention. Uh, I set an intention deeply in my heart and soul that for each session we will get to the core, the deepest healing that is absolutely possible for that client in that session. And every single session I'm like that every time I'm on. And I do it all on the phone, which is proven to be absolutely perfect because, you know, I said to someone, well, you don't need me like watching you ugly cry over, you know, <laughs> Zoom for like an hour, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like not helpful. Plus people, the revelations come when they tell me something they normally wouldn't tell anyone, when they will reveal to themselves something, especially when we're working with say something like shame or something, right? So so I've literally heard everything and I'll, I'll tell someone that and, and it's a little anonymous and it, it, there's beauty in it completely. They're, we're just on the phone, we're in ear jacks or earplugs uh, together and it just seems to really, really work. I used to do hands-on healing and then I did healing without touching someone and now I'm even once more removed. The other thing it does for me is when I'm on the phone and we live in Malibu, so I got like the ocean usually going, mm -hmm. gets me in just that beautiful rested place. And I'm on the phone and I don't know what the majority of my clients look like. I know what OJ looks like. He's really cute too, but you know, that's <laughs> new, right? Because we're sitting here. But I usually don't know what anyone looks like. And I love that because also I don't know their ego the same. And I'm, I'm talking to their soul the whole session. So sessions are, the first session is about 90 minutes where I do a, uh, remove like a deep healing work of one of the main blocks. And then I do an assessment of how many blocks and I just scan their body. And I'm doing that kind of during the whole session to see how much are left. And then the next sessions are just 60 minutes intense in, out, over the phone. And then a beautiful sort of relaxation at the end to integrate that higher vibration. I usually bookend it like we did here too, where it was um, in a session where someone will come to me with this issue. They'll go through the whole clearing and at the end, so say one or two blocks are removed, we go back to what was in the beginning. And usually that's when they'll burst out laughing to what they came to me with their big issue because it's gone. Mm. Right. And then we integrate that. And then I always know oh, if they're laughing at when I ask that, the healing's done there. Yeah. And so the only thing that would happen is someone would have, like we talked about in the earlier session too, which is if we have old habits that come back in. So we just have to watch. So the healing is complete. Yeah. And so someone will just maybe sometimes have an old habit come back in. So we have to watch for those. Yeah. And you mentioned it's it's remembering yeah. the space that you're in. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Speaking on my experience, it was. Yeah. Let's so talk about bad. OJ's experience. Yeah. 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 <coughs> we did 90 minutes, right? We, yeah. 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 I wasn't going to let him off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> it was powerful. I. I the same thing you asked me, like, what was something that I wanted to work with? And it turned out to be something completely different. And it was the peeling of the layers. It was like this layer and this layer, this layer. And then we got really deep. And then finally, when I got to a space where there was nothing blocking me, mm -hmm. was finally when I got to realize what I already had. Yeah. Right? Beautiful. Um and it was a 
deep realization that it wasn't like, oh, I discovered this. It was like that was there the entire time. And I had so much blocking me from realizing it. Yeah, and you're living from that. Right. That's the other part. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And the, I guess, the power that it gave me in over my own life and what I want from my life or what I have in my life was huge. It was for years and years, a little bit of my backstory. I, I got into healing really late in the game or. So I think I got into it really late in the game. Really, seriously, like how old is he? Early 30s? Stop it right now. I know. And so when I first got into at least hands-on work, it was really interesting because I started at a clinic and it was me and it was the two owners and it was a startup and they were doing a form of myofascial release. And for a long time, it was I felt like, how do I match up to these two? Like, these guys are the ones that created it, like... And it was a lot of ego and it was a lot of me being in my own way. And then I finally spoke to someone, she was an intuitive, and she said that when I was comparing myself to them, I was operating in a very masculine energy. It was their energy. And my energy is very feminine. It's very soft and nurturing. And she's like, as long as you start, as long as you keep comparing yourselves to them, you're going to continue to operate in their energy and you're never going to win that battle. That's not you so just be authentic be yourself and it'll just it'll Mm -hmm. just come and things started to really open up and I feel like that's a lot of what had happened in our session Mm -hmm. was I was still as much as I operated from that place at one point I was still in that mindset of I gotta figure out what's next what I gotta do what kind of modality and we know who that is talking right yes ego again ego for sure directing and and so again, it was a reminder mm-hmm. that I don't have to keep looking, that everything I need is already here and I have it. Yes, you do. Yeah. Linda, I have a question. Yes. So this is all fine and dandy when we're working with people who acknowledge that healing is not a dirty word. Do you have anything to offer for maybe inviting somebody in or maybe it's not an invitation? How... Do we do work with people who are resistant or in denial? You want to reduce suffering. Mm-hmm. So do I. Mm-hmm. Great question. Ah, yeah. Help. Great question. Okay. Well, there's two ways we can go, right? <laughs> Does she know what's going to happen in her <laughs> In or out. <laughs> well, two ways. We can look at what that means for you, right? The question, which is really cool direction to go in right mm-hmm. um and then the other part that we get to in general more in general is that uh, are they asking for help no never then that's not you know i have a really um professional term for that that's not your circus not your monkeys you know <laughs> it just isn't because they're they have to ask and what we start learning is their free will they might want to stay suffering. There are many, many people mm-hmm. that will continue and are not asking for help and will continue to suffer in the comfort of that, in the question being, how does it serve them? It's serving them in some way if they don't want to heal it, they don't want to look at it. So as a healer, to say no to anyone who's, you know, they have to ask for your direct help. 
The other thing is it's sacred work, so we don't want to impose on their free will. And that's a beautiful place for a healer to be and say, unless, and even with friends and family, as healers, friends and family will on occasion ask and stuff. They're asking and they want the help. That's something. But the majority of the time, people are actually not asking for that help. There's enough that are asking, that are motivated, and that's where the healing will take place. Why? Because as we talked about before, they've awakened to healing. Some of these other people have not, they're not woke to that, as the saying goes. (laughs) They're not woke to that yet. And that's not our job. And if we really love them, we can lead them to the water and then it's hands off and they know where to get in touch with you, right? See, so it's, and that's the beauty. And so the second part of that, we come back to you with, only because we already did a session on this a little bit, is there's an identity of healer, right? That we, as healers, all of us have to continually let go. How do I want to even say that? You know what I'm saying? So it's, do I identify as a coach? Do I identify as a healer? Do I identify as, you know, I could identify as even my saying, I want to raise human and global consciousness. That's an identity in a way. And, you know, we move, we try and release that and let that go too to the truth of who we are, which is the absolute, right? The manifest and the unmanifest, which has no identity and yet, paradoxically has every identity but when we hold on to some of those identities especially the one as healer or and another one that becomes big as a spiritual ego and people can get caught in that we just have to keep surrendering that so short answer have a practice of only people that come directly like really look at you and say i, I need your help and if that's not happening you're loving them and blessing them and saying a prayer or a meditation for them so is that helpful course that's helpful that's yeah what it is yeah and the ones that come to you and ask are the ones you want to work with i find that with my clients and the motivation is there i get you know it's all basically referral business refer 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 which is beautiful because they come to me they're already like i'm like two minutes and i'm in a session with someone like i'm barely saying hi to them which is they're just ready to do the work and then that motivation so that's their soul saying and then you won't have that problem and the other ones are just there where they're at. The beauty is they are, this is the most beautiful takeaway from this, so it'll make me almost cry, is that we're all just different evolved versions of ourselves. Right? Oh, yes. Yeah. So yes. we were them, right? So mm. we're all, they're all just versions, right, of mm. our own evolution, stages yes of what everyone else in existence is or has been there's a wonderful story you can google for those of us who haven't read it yet it's called the egg and uh it's just available online and it's a short little story of somebody coming into that awareness can you elaborate because i think if people google the egg yeah you're right (laughs) i was just trying to remember who had authored it it's been published in i don't know 30 languages or something Mm. like that and it's a story of a guy who gets in a car wreck and dies and hears a voice and he's having a conversation and wait i'm i'm dead wait does this where am i going wait what's going to happen to my wife and kids great question i'm always curious when you're going to ask about your family you just died and you want to know about your family they're going to be fine. Your kids weren't old enough yet to have terrible resentments. Your wife actually is relieved. Your marriage was falling apart. Yada, yada, yada. 
continues around. Why are we going for a walk? What is there to see? Well, I just like walking and talking. And it continues on and it's the mirror. It's showing you that you were this thing and I'm, I'm that person. And wait, I'm that, I'm that person too. And Mm -hmm. I, and I've lived before. How many times have I lived? How, How many times have I done this? Well, you probably won't know. That's an experience that you may or may not have. I could have met a version of my previous self. We could have had a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, I'm, I'm Gandhi. Yes. And you're also Hitler. Yep. And just coming to that awareness of, wait, I'm everyone. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell. In a, in <laughs> in a, a nice, nutshell. Nice. In a, <laughs> nice fun. I think space is where true compassion comes from. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to find I, the name of the author. Absolutely. I am you and you are me. Absolutely. And, and so that unbearable compassion, as it's of, often felt and heard as, is what we offer to someone who's not there or taking you up on. So we never want to offer our healing. There's enough souls that, especially now with everything that's going on, that are, will come. Mm. Wait for those ones. The ones that, no, I need you. Let's let's do this. And any of the other work is my own internal work. Of yeah, like, a, okay, this is somebody that I'm continuing to encounter, right? I'm having to interact with this person who has whatever stories, yeah. anger going on. Then it's what is the internal work that I need to do to to heal that wound like you were talking about earlier, yeah. right? Yeah. So those moments of trigger are, as they say, which is very true, that the gift of self-revelation. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. watch the ones that get you or are repeated. And we thank, you know, whoever does that for us because uh, we want to awaken fully, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking for the egg, that story that we were talking about, it is by Andy Weir, W-E-I-R. Yeah. So you can Google the egg by Andy Weir. You can. And it's, it's short. Funny enough is you can Google the egg story and it's the first thing that comes oh. up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, if you Google well, the egg, I don't. Uh, people won't know. <laughs> Apparently they will. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful and fun. And I have to keep rereading it. That's yeah. like my homework. Uh, uh-huh. It's like, oh, you don't remember what happened next. Keep rereading it. Right. Yeah. And then we get, we even go further from the triggers and then we say things to ourselves like, if we're really into it, which I know you guys are, we're like, well, what? What happens when I, if I identify as healer, is that like a coping mechanism or is that a superiority or is that like, what's the payoff for the, e? you know, we, we get into these little, we, you know, start doing this nuance work with, with ego and ownership of things and identities and right. And so then that becomes fascinating. Another opening to uh, like full enlightenment. Mm-hmm. It's like because it gets nuanced after portal after portal yeah. after portal. Yeah. And yeah. and my spiritual teacher uh, Michael Mamas used to say white knuckling, remove the white knuckling, and it's so yeah. I mean I just have to give him the kudos on that because like it's just constant. When I do spiritual coaching, that's basically we're just you know we experienced that a little bit before where you're just the, that finger's coming off and that, you know and then you're dangling by your pinky right at some point. Your pinky hangnail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cuticle <laughs> cuticle <laughs> and you're just you're barely there and and you're but we hold right because of you know the fear and then when that finally lets go the the revelation is so spectacular but 
you know, that's a bit of a, a process. So, you know, we watch the identities or the motivation would be a perfect question. Why am I motivated to help this person? You know, we want to have zero motivation and zero need for outcome. Mm-hmm. That's, but that's the truest healing, right? Just I'm me there, no motivation, no need for the, what I think the outcome can be so that the self-healing can happen, the self-correcting can happen. With Our, hand, our hands are kind of off then. Such a paradigm shift for healers, right? Yeah. yeah. Not well, there are no healers, right? This is true. <laughs> <laughs> and the... Uh, and scene. And scene. We're done. Forget it. The way of Damn nothing. <laughs> mic, mic drop. Yeah, the way of I'm nothing. out of here. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. nothing. We got nothing else to talk about. <laughs> I just lost my career. Path. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just... So I want to bring in that word that you mentioned before, though, authenticity. Mm-hmm. So I think it's extremely, extremely important. The woman who does, I, I just saw this so beautifully, a um, little side note, but Marie Kondo, tidy mm-hmm. up. Am mm-hmm. I saying her name mm-hmm. right? I think yeah, yeah. Yep. that it's is like an magic. authentic soul, though, doing her. She's doing healing work. Mm-hmm. That's a healer. Someone doing your hair. That can be a healer. The person in the McDonald's and the we're all. I just thought back of when I used to work at McDonald's. So there it is. That. I was reading your mind. I know. Yep. She does that. I do do that a little bit. So I saw the <laughs> arches. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, that's just the way to hold it. Right. And it's the most sacred and beautiful way. And that's the most profound healing that would happen too. So that's because, you know, we're saying ego a lot, but I mean, we should find that, but that part that isn't true, right? So the ego can dissolve, right? And then from that place, it would be no outcome. Right, no attachment. No attachment. Right, not yeah. going to look for this thing. No. It coming, it, it's just, it coming, you know? right? From the cashier So you CBS. just show up, yeah. right, OJ, and be you. So the authenticity, I wanted to just touch on that for a second because it's the most beautiful thing I've seen is when, and it seems to be assisting, right, in the facilitation when someone just be more and more and more authentic to their soul, their unique, beautiful, we're all these unique, beautiful souls with a flavor that wants to be expressed, right, a nectar that wants to be put out in the world. It's so beautiful that we have to start honoring that for each of us in how that's supposed to be expressed. And if we stay authentic, we stay, you know, in alignment then. And then when we stay in alignment, the things that are for us are right in front of us. You know, I have this analogy. My son says he likes my analogies, so I'll throw throw this one in. Alignment highway, right? So if we're authentically us, we stay in alignment highway. We're on the highway. We're just, you know, and it, it gives that feeling of like those things that are there, that relationship, that career, that home you want. You just got to keep driving. What do we do? We do strange things, right? We go, oh, there's a service road. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing good on a service road. Let's face it, right? Gas stations, you know, pubs and... It's dark and murky it's, usually. It's very strange. I know it parallels the highway, <laughs> but it ain't the highway. So stay on that highway. If we all started honoring in each other our authentic self that stays on that highway, that's what I believe really good parenting is, by the way, too just authentic self, authentic self. What is that? Get in touch with that. And this work of removing blocks gets everyone in touch with their more authentic self. And then they just show up as their authentic self and 
they can open their mouth or they can use their hands, right? Whatever they're doing, it just comes out of them as them. You know, often we're go on that highway and they're like, well, I'm a little bored. I'm going to take this side dirt road. And next thing you know, you know, we're on that relationship that we just said was a one night stand, right? And there we are. We knew it wasn't in alignment. And, you know, three years later, we find the highway again. Is anyone relating to this? No, not at all. You <laughs> haven't touched on any anything whatsoever. <clears throat> <laughs> Starting to get really, really hot in Did here. Tell her something. Nope. Nope. She reads minds. <laughs> I'm talking to your souls, so <laughs> see, it's all right there. So you know that's what we tend. We just do that, right? So our only job. It's re- simple, but our society is the opposite. Yeah. Right. Just stay authentic to who you are and what's your expression. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Did you want to talk a little bit about triggers? So if someone's looking to do work with themselves, really mm-hmm. look inward to what's going on and what disconnects them or what makes them forget, I guess is a good way to put it, mm-hmm. their connection. Um, yeah. You mentioned to me meditation. Yeah. Is that like yeah. your go-to? You so, also mentioned meditation to me, and I wanted to ask you about that. So there yeah, perfect, perfect. So what meditation in its purest form... Now, you know, I teach that I learned from my spiritual teacher. In fact, if you go onto Michael Mamas's YouTube, I mean, it's just perfectly set up. Part one and part two of the Surya Ram meditation. So Michael Mamas meditation, part one and part two. Such a beautiful 2,000-year-old meditation, which is just you resting back in yourself, right? So you rest back into self and um, you're not resisting anything. I probably won't go through it right here, but he explains it beautifully, of course. It came from his guru in India. It has not been westernized. You know what we, we've kind of done to yoga and different things. So mm-hmm. meditation. Made it you know, pretty, put some bows on it. Yeah, guided. There's an app for that. Okay. The truth of who you are is more exciting than all the apps, right? So we're just... Again, we're back into self, right? So we, you rest into self with a capital S and you just continue to rest into that. But I encourage you, I can't really go through it in detail right here because it would take a little bit of time, but I encourage you to go to YouTube and Michael Mama's Surya Ram Meditation Part 1 and Part 2. Absolutely beautiful. So in a meditation like that, we start resting in self, right? So we're more in, you could say, subject, which means you start realizing the thoughts the, the mind will generate thoughts. We're not stopping thoughts. We're not going to end our mind from... If you just started and said it this way to yourself, the mind, like a refrigerator, keeps things cold. Your mind generates thoughts. So you meditate and you just start observing those and seeing that and witnessing, right? All the time you're resting into self and that's welling up more and more. And you become... It's not the perfect way to say it, but you become the observer of the thoughts, which means you're not the thoughts, right? Because mm-hmm. you can't observe. So you are observing them and you're like, well, what is observing the thought? And what we tend to do, so we ask that question, so right, and that feels good, right? That feels like, ooh, <laughs> yes. ooh, right? That gets us into that space again. So that's that back to that space I had in the morning where the original thought that I was a body wasn't there. So then... I'm everything then until I have that thought. Now I'm a body, now I have pain. I'm meditating, I'm resting into self. There's thoughts, there's thoughts. Oh my God, you know, did I turn my curling iron off? Then we're going to attach to that one. There's some fear in that one. That's like a scary one. We're going to attach to that one. Then we got to get up from our meditation and go check if we've done it. So 
there is something that you start watching and you're like, oh, so something's, I'm seeing the thoughts, so I'm not the thoughts. And when you do like rounds and rounds of meditation, you start realizing these thoughts are crazy. They are random and they're crazy and they're coming all the time. I can just watch them or if I attach to them, then I attach to the thought, I make it real and I play it out. So we keep going back to what comes before the thought, what comes before the thought, right? Why do I attach to that thought? And often we attach to the most fearful thought, the negative thought. We have a lot of negative self-talk that we learn and we're conditioned into. But if we don't attach and we observe, then who are we? Right? We're the awareness, say. You could start with that watching the thoughts so that similar a trigger would be why you attach right so that's why meditation is pure meditation not guided not with music not with just just you with i mean we do everything but sit with ourselves <laughs> we do everything why because we're object oriented it's all outside us it's all this thing that thing i need this i need that it's out here it's not you know we take it back and we turn that, you know, turn that light around and shine it on ourselves. And so a pure form of meditation is just one of the most beautiful ways to move toward enlightenment because self-awareness is there. And it's that old saying of like, netty, 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 I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this, right? Then what's left? Mm. So meditation and we're not doing it to be calm we're not doing it to clear our mind we're, see you can feel that stuff now as i'm talking the difference between no you're resting so we're it's the opposite we're resting back into the we're already this absolute this like blissful space that's everything and the mind has a me mechanism has a job has a whatever we, however we want to say it and it generates thoughts it's like a conveyor belt it's a conveyor belt. It's a monkey mind conveyor belt. And what do you do with that? You know, and, and I do get clients sometimes and it's like, I'll keep pointing back to that and they'll want an easier way. And I'm like, it, the only way is through. Just keep going. It's just, you know, and now maybe some people will move on because they're like, ah, this has got to be a better way. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it becomes beautiful because the more you do it, you're like, oh, and they're like, you know, maybe choose that nicer thought too on top of it. If I'm going to attach to something. Yeah. Is that helpful pro in terms of meditation? That was a major pro tip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, yeah, it's a felt sense, right? Right. It's a does, felt sense. Yeah. yeah. How does it feel? The conveyor the belt's there. Okay. So now I know what my mind actually is. I'm not it. Why? Because I'm watching the conveyor belt. Wait, how's that happen? Right? I can't be the conveyor belt if I'm watching it. What's watching the conveyor belt? That's a good question. Yeah. Have either of you read The Untethered Soul? Yes, beautiful. Yeah, parts. Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's all. Yes. Um, do you want to do triggers though? That triggers. So triggers are a little different, right? Yeah. So that's meditation. That's just. Do you handle triggers with meditation? No, I think I would use it meditation for the purest form that I just mentioned. Now I would mm -hmm. just let it be what it actually is meant for, which is how I described it. Yeah. Triggers would be. The easiest way to say it is um, someone's coming at you with a, a plug, right? And you got a you got an outlet right there in you, and they can plug right into you. And if you didn't have that outlet, there's no electricity. They can't plug into you. So your job is to heal all the outlets. 
Hmm. Right? Remove them. How do you do it? When you're getting triggered over something over and over again. Like, so we'll get triggered by something. It just could be having, not having a great day. You're both aware enough to know when it's clearly something to look at, right? When it's a repeated something or you keep seeing it over and over again. And I always say, usually when you get in, you're getting sick of yourself around something, that's usually a good sign that <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm so sick of myself right now because that's happening over and over again. So there, there's something in you that, and it's amazing because like people can just plug into it. Why? Because it's in you. So if it's not in you and it's not, say, happening to the person next to you or something, right? Um, so your job is to remove those plugs. How do we remove the plugs? Very easy. When something keeps repeating and it's it's a trigger, there, there's your gift, there's my trigger. Go inside, feel the feeling, and we'll, I'll do this work with people as well. Uh, go into the feeling of it, and we get right into the body sense. We stay out of the mind, because the mind it can be tricky, as we know. So go into the body, feel the trigger. Really, what color is it? What size is it? Is it in my belly? You know, say it's in my belly, and it's huge, and it's dark, and it's all knotted up and we just get in there and we feel that we make that really real it feels like you're right there and then I say don't think don't think and I do this really fast and I go now journey that all the way back to the first time you felt that don't give me don't think don't just tell me what comes to mind and someone will burst out I'm burst out and say I'm three years old and my mom and dad are fighting and I'm scared to death you know and there it's held in there and then we heal the so someone will the trigger will be someone will be doing something similar. You haven't healed that part. So the re-trigger is the gift to healing the wound. Triggers are gifts for healing. It's how we know what's there. Otherwise, we would never know. Yeah, that's awesome. We should literally get to the place where we're like, thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not easy. You know, the only reason we wouldn't is that we don't know how to go to it and Find out what's really in there. Like, when did this start? Where is this from? It could be past life, too. We do some past life stuff. But you can, you just get a sense of it. And it doesn't have to, you can do this work yourself. Like, you can just feel it and go, that's because that link. And, and then what you do is, let's say it's the three-year-old. You just reparent right there. You sit with, imagine that three-year-old and sit with that three-year-old and just reparent her or him and say everything that that child needed to, right? And then that it heals energetically. And because there's no time, Mm-hmm. the healing happens no right so there's no there's no real time so it's just energy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you realize oh that triggers kind of softened and there might be there could be some little layers sometimes of the trigger but so every time you get it go you know let's take it real quick and it can be fast you start to do it kind of quickly and then that plug is not there and then that same person will come up to you with their like whatever I'm calling this, this yeah. electrical analogy, right? Where they want to plug into you and they're like, they'll be looking at you kind of, and they really can't find it. Like it's really not there anymore. And then they'll, don't worry, they'll find the person next to you. And right. Point. It's just because yeah. why are they doing it is another great question. They're not doing their own work. They want to plug it in and dump it on someone else. Whoa. So we could go there, but the better way to healing for into it is to a hundred percent ownership of everything is what we move to. Powerful. Not, not for the lighthearted. <laughs> You're welcome, <But>. everyone. <laughs> right. And triggers is the return to the wound? Is the Yeah, the trigger is the activation of the old wound trauma. And, and these can be, you know, um, small. Don't right. discredit right. tiny little things that could have happened. Can you talk a little bit about programming? Oh, yes. 
Well, that opens up a hole, you know. I know. We're uh, <laughs> coming up close. Yeah. So so do you know why? Do you know why we have the program? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I we do. We can really but, do whatever we uh, want. Uh, yeah. Just... This is kind of down the rabbit hole stuff. So it. just to kind of do it uh, like a light version of down the rabbit hole. There's a whole map of consciousness that this, ma oh, sorry, map of uh, awakening. So it's a great awakening map, and it's a huge map with everything, right? I don't know if you guys have seen it, you but sent it. I that sent must it be to a you. huge map. It's just got everything that, and that's what's happening in three D, right, on this planet and around this planet. So, so programming. So we can let's call them dark forces for now, right? Let's start with that. There is that happening on our planet, and you could say we're seated, or there's. You know, I don't know if people can believe in chemtrails or not chemtrails, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot. There's a lot. Like this is, you know, rabbit hole stuff. So where you start waking up and you start realizing, well, why isn't our health making us healthy? Why, you know, why is our government like, you know, we start opening up to all this, right? Mm -hmm. So part of this is that there's dark forces that, for lack of a better way of saying it, is like almost a sense of mind control so that can actually be like you can watch the television if you watch television mm -hmm. and and then stop for like six months and don't watch any television you you will be a changed person oh, yeah and it, you know it's called tell uh what's the word tell a vision right there's mm -hmm. lot mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. lots in our words right and you start watching words and you start becoming awake to all that so there's lots of programming. One of the programs I think we, we spoke about, OJ, was how... So I had this dream once, and I was just terrified, and I woke up from the dream, but it was a, it was a lucid dream, and I was being chased around because they had figured out that the home I was living in was a high vibration. And they were like, you know, it was too high a vibration, and they had to, like, shut that home down. Like, they had to do something. The weird part of this dream but lucid dream but I don't know if it was a dream kind of thing was they were I was being chased around with a needle and they were gonna you know inject me with something to just take that vibration down they if we are all awake right and we're all aware and we all remember we're enlightened our example today what do you need what do you need to buy at that moment nothing you know you need your food and water you're gonna figure out your health too right as you wake up you're gonna take care of your health right you're gonna figure out to self-heal this big business what's what's gonna happen with pharmaceuticals and I industrial mean, industrial farming industrial, yeah all of this right? right and all the consumerism you're not needing outside self that's not wanted so the programming is there it's in our music it's in our uh, it's in our energy actually and so some of that the big one of the big ones for example, is that you can't do your soul's work and be paid for that. Well, that just keeps everybody... Basically, The Matrix is a documentary. Mm -hmm. So The Matrix is an actual documentary. And, you know, as people awake, they start to see that more and more. So that's kind of sobering, but it's true. <laughs> so um, where was I going to go with this one? The programming part is that we're we're basically... There is, like, programs running like we're holographic, like we're... You know what I mean? Like we're, yeah. So we can fall into this program that is a vibration that keeps us, keeps us lower than we are actually meant to be. I'm not explaining that part very well, but um, there are dark forces that continue to work on reducing our evolution. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest ways is to not have souls living their true authentic lives, Right. Our society, and then they do it through society, music, television, um, and actual energetics 
if I've heard too that our actual uh, vibration of the earth is not its natural vibration and that that was changed at one point, wow. right? So we should be at a, like a, I, think, I believe it's like the Schumann, Schumann residence and that we're actually not vibrating at that right now. And that has been kind of, everything's just been a little uh, tweaked with, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so the big one is like, you can't do your soul's work and then, and then be paid as well. So that means you have to be in the rat race. You have to have a job, you have to work hard. And then, you know, it, it's a crazy, it becomes a crazy, crazy life. You are in the rat race with the mortgage and the kids and the, and you're so the big, that's what I want to say, rambling on, but I want to say we're distracted. They keep us distracted. We allow this distraction to happen. That was dark forces at work in your psyche yep. to distract I know. you from See? speaking this does the happen. truth. Yes, and they don't want truth out there. That's you just speak the truth, not woman. Not wanted. Yeah, it's not wanted. So we all have these. Are we all are these beautiful souls that are here to express our uniqueness and and be sustained doing that financially too? What if everybody was? What kind of world would we have? It's the world that we're probably moving into, right? As we move into this fifth five dimensional living right as we move through the fourth right now and that's probably a longer story too but we are moving in that direction that is happening um and that is the good news on all this so eyes wide open don't take anything i say on any of this but research be a sovereign soul find out for you follow this follow that what's that look up in the sky does some of that make sense or not make sense you could even say these fires are strange. Why are there, you know, we just had fires in Malibu. They're fire tornadoes. Just allow yourself to free think. That's not wanted either, right? Mm -hmm. Allow yourself to find things out for yourself. Yeah. Paul Cech talks You'll be a lot amazed. Hmm? Paul Cech, are you familiar with Paul Cech? Talks a lot about critical thinking, looking yeah. at things in, in a critical way when yeah. you start to question them. I love that. In a way where you're just not taking someone's word for it, where yep. you're doing the research and you're trying to put things together yourself just to make sure they make sense in your mind before you actually just blindly trust. Yes. Taking this. So that's it. another program, right? To trust everything outside of ourselves instead of our, ourselves. Do the opposite of what society is <laughs> trying to get us to do on all counts. It's pretty well. Be curious. Yeah. Be curious. Stay curious. Ask questions. Explore. Yeah. I question everyone. Question this. Question that. Um, you you have a right to all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's your responsibility. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. A, yeah. Get to work with your soul. Hmm. I know. What's what's it time for? Like either. One oh six. Is there anything that we missed that you um, want to touch on? Gee, no. Oh, I know. Oh. I. Uh, I understand that that Linda has brought oh. with her some of her spiritual poetry. Oh yeah, and yes, it might I be have. just Ooh. the sprinkles on top of the icing on top mm. of the cake. If she would try and want to share, something. I think I will. Yeah. Now oh, I have boy. to figure out. Yeah, poetry. So poetry, I think, is a beautiful. It seems to be my a bit of my soul's expression for whatever reason. So as you wake up, as you evolve, you start realizing more and more of these parts of yourself that want to express in whatever way it might be. And the beauty is it can be a beautiful, incredible voice, say, right? Or it can just be someone making a cupcake for... The beauty is it's all. It's big, it's small, it's the little moments, it's the great big moments. 
And as you wake up and start soul living more and more and more, that easily expresses and comes out. And you just, you know, it's just very natural. So as I was waking up, some things that came to me was to just write down this urge I had to get the feeling of awakening out to someone so that they could actually feel it. So when I'm doing a session, we feel it because we're just resting in ourself, right? So as I read this poetry, it's less about the words, although those point somewhere, and more about the felt sense of resting into yourself with a capital S. So I encourage you to close your eyes, relax your body, come out of your busy mind, and feel the poetry versus understanding it. So that's another beautiful way to live as a soul. And this poem is entitled, Here in This Breath, A Poem of Awakening. Here in this breath, in this quiet sound of my voice, in the sweet smell of the air, in the feeling of my body on the chair, in this perfect moment. The truth of who you are is revealed. Here, now. Nowhere to run to, no seeking to find, no place you need to be, no thing you need to find, no thing you need to become. Here, now, only in this moment. No past, all unreal. No future, all contrived. Only here, now. Like the great ocean, ocean wave after wave upon the earth body, arises and descends. In perfection, in reality, in what is. All there ever was, all there ever will be here in this breath. All is known, all is felt, beyond the mind, outside the vessel of the body, here in this breath, a great resting occurs. The waves of the ocean reveal a tide of truth, the depth of who you truly are, here in this exact breath. Are you breathing? Mm-hmm. Is everybody breathing? My breath is deep. You're welcome. Yes. I feel, feel like that? this was a fucking tea part. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It was. <laughs> such a such a blessing to have you on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. This was like, I don't know. I've, I've got pom-poms that are <laughs> shaking and waving. There's fireworks going off. This is a joy. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get a hold of Linda, Linda 
what is the best way to reach mm, you? Good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say website metaphysician healing one word.com. I'm on Facebook too and Instagram. So yeah, metaphysician healing. Thank you guys. This has just been a blast. Awesome. Such, such a good, I mean, I'm, Speechless. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm personally a, gonna listen to this over. And I over. know, I know. I keep, I keep uh, checking points that I have to go back. We'll come back. We'll do some yeah. more. That'll be good. Yay. Thank Many you thanks. so much, you guys. Thank yeah. you so much, Linda. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you all again for listening. Hope you guys got so much out of it as much as we did, and we'll talk soon. Thank you for tuning in to The Way of Healing. We hope that you find yourself inspired. If you enjoyed our show, a gift is to let others know. And we want to hear from you. Please share your feedback so we know how our work is resonating. Make us aware of modalities and practitioners whom we may not know. If you haven't already, please subscribe at thewayofhealingpodcast.com. Our email is thewayofhealingpodcast at gmail.com and find us at facebook.com forward slash thewayofhealing. Remember, a rising tide lifts all boats.